Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Ephesians chapter 3. It reads, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he is realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God." Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. All right. And as we wrap up here, chapter three, it kind of feels like almost the end of a book in a sense, especially when we're going to open chapter four and see really that this is a big mark in Paul's train of thought and in the way in which he's been trying to develop what he's focused on. And so as we end this teaching of doctrine and the really focus on the foundation of what we need to know and understand, how is this helping to move us towards the practical aspects that we're going to see in chapters four through six? Yeah, so, you know, we see here in 3 verse 6, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So here it is. This is the mystery revealed. Gentiles are able to be grafted in. They are able to be co-heirs along with those who believe who are Jews, who always knew they were right offered this gift. And now he's opening it up and saying, this is the mystery. Gentiles are fellow heirs too. And I love this next section where he says, I was made a minister of this gospel according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. And he says, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. And I think this is just kind of a funny thing to note. Paul says he's the very least. And yet he actually, he actually wasn't like he was in the sense that he was saved. But in Philippians 3, we see that which Paul wrote as well. He says, If anyone thinks that he has a reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. And so just knowing that 
Paul was, you know, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a law keeper. You know, he was just like right before God by all the law standards, right? And yet he was lost. He was actually outside of Christ because he didn't understand the true gospel. And so I just think it's so fascinating that God allowed, when you look at, you know, those whom he may have persecuted and killed, he killed more Christians than anyone during that time that he that he walked the earth. I think a lot of people just get back to that, like, God's sovereignty question of, like, how could God allow that? But this is one of those places where, those rare places, we are given a little bit of an insight into how God mysteriously works his will, because he allowed those who were persecuted by Paul and Paul to actually live this life of rebellion so that later when Paul was made the minister to the Gentiles of the gospel, he would have to be so humbled and recognize that I am truly the least of these. I am truly not one who deserves this by any means because of his history and his past. So just the humility that he had to have to even bring this message, because this was a very difficult message to bring, especially for someone like him, for someone who had been, you know, a persecutor of Christians, like what more offensive thing to the people of that age and that time than hearing that it's not just for Jews, it's also for Gentiles. Like that would have been very difficult for anybody but Paul to deliver. And so I just think that's fascinating how God allowed that to happen in his own life. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even just looking at it's really like two big things he's combating. The first being, hey, I was not believing in this at all, and yet God humbled me and brought me back to this. And then the one group who's saying, hey, actually, we're kind of the biggest deal. These Jewish Christians follow us, follow the circumcision. You might say it'd be easy for Paul to be like, yeah, cool. I'll just tack Jesus on to all these things that I've already had. Mm -hmm. But he realizes that's not the point. It's actually far different from that. And then to think, you know, hey, maybe... God would, in our sovereignty, in our thoughts, hey, let's use Paul, this guy who came out of the Jewish faith, to really focus on the Jewish people. Well, God already had a lot of people that were doing that. The disciples were a big part of that. They were working through that in Jerusalem, all these things. Paul, your mission is not actually to do the things that are easy for you. You're actually going to go to the people who really don't like you and don't like you now for two reasons. One, you're saying you're a Christian and they don't like you probably because you're Jewish in terms of just the the separation between the Gentiles and the Jewish people in the nations at that time. And so it is really a big focus on that humility. And he uses that and he models that really for us here in this passage, I think, as well, as we walk through the rest of chapter 3. And so in verse 14, we see that he begins this prayer for spiritual strength. And, you know, Lee, as you were just saying before we started recording, this is something we should note that before he kind of launches into the second half of Ephesians, which is going to be laden with a ton of very hard truths that will be difficult for them to digest, he is going to pause and pray. He's going to stop and actually recognize where the source of their power comes from, which he talked about back in chapter one, just the the power of God unto salvation. And he is coming back and he is now praying again that they would be strengthened with that same power through the Holy Spirit in their inner beings. And when I, I taught this particular passage to the women last semester and I remember noting that it was kind of interesting that even though he's acknowledged all of God's power to bring Gentiles into the faith and salvation, he knows that. He actually comes back and he prays again. It's like he's never done. He's never done 
coming to God with, with what we need. We, we need strength to comprehend this. We need to understand the, the length and height and depth of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. It's not as though we get to a place in our spiritual walk that it's like, we no longer really need Christ. So now you're just going to be given this list of duties and tasks that you would do as a Christian and you go live it out, live it out, Christian. Like it, it is a constant coming back. And mm-hmm. I think this is one area that, you know, popular mainstream Christianity today really misses it and would love to burden you, you know, with a bunch of to-dos and and moralism, moral moral requirements of, you know, hey, love your neighbor, do this, do that, and lots of implications from what they would say is biblical truth. But what we see Paul doing is just returning to returning to God, praying for them that they would be rooted and grounded in love, that they would have strength to comprehend. Again, comprehend what? Like, high-level, you know, uh, doctrine or, or things, that teachings that nobody else understands to be better? No, to know the love of Christ. That is what is going to motivate and drive them forward through the rest of this book and through the rest of their lives. And it's the same for us. It is knowledge of God's love for us that propels action. And so, you know, as we see, we're going to see that adoption re- implies responsibility. Like they've been adopted. Now there's going to be some responsibility given. But before we get there, we have to pray for strength and return to God. And he is able, as verse 20 says, to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Yeah. And I think that's huge because that's what he's really been focusing on here. If it was man's thoughts, we would be limited. If it was man's decision for salvation. If it was man's choosing of a group of people, it would be limited. But God is beyond that. He's able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or even think. And I think that that's huge for us to understand as he's developing and moving us into these situations that we're going to deal with now in the next chapters that are going to be kind of hard and are going to be kind of messy situations. Some of them based upon the culture, some of them just based upon dynamics of relationships that we need to understand that we first must humbly come before God and say, God, I realize that I am your child called to represent you in what I'm doing against a world or a mindset that is different and far different from that. Mm -hmm. Help me in just opening ourselves up to the fact that we need that assistance, we need his spirit, we need his word, we need his teachings to be transforming our mind and helping us to understand how we're now to live based upon the truths that he's given to us. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? Mm-hmm. Well, I just forgot to bring in into this conversation, verse 10 was, we see a so that, which, you know, that's, uh, I think, Pastor Jeff's favorite word, the henna is so that, and, and that's because... It, it right after that, we're going to see something important. So what is the so that there in verse 10, it says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. And this is just a, a really big key. Like uh, history is unfolding and spiritual powers in heavenly places of, of both sides of the equation, both good and evil are witnessing the church actually be the church. They are learning something about the glory of God from our obedience to him and how we how we live with each other as, you know, members of the same body. So that's that's definitely not something you want to miss. Yeah, and absolutely. And just going back to prayer, um, probably just reiterating what you guys said, but I think it's it's great that Paul's ending this in, in prayer because that really sets us up for what's coming in the following 
chapters and verses, we cannot do this life being united with other believers. It is hard. It is hard to be among other believers that you might not agree everything with on, you know, but he's just reminding us that you need God's strength to be able to be united with other believers, which we're going to talk about, and also to put on all these attributes of the fruits of the Spirit. We need his strength to be able to walk in a manner worthy, which is what we're going to talk about next. And we need those prayers. We need our strength to come from the Lord and be reminded that it is in him that we can live how he has commanded us to live. It is because he has given us the ability and it is through his strength. Yeah. And so just as we want to every time to challenge you to interact with this, maybe one of the ways that you do that today is by modeling this and now taking what you've heard, using that as a prompt to pray for God to be preparing you for whatever he's going to have you have this day. And so use that today to motivate you to continue to encourage those around you to support those with the thoughts and the truths of Scripture as you live in community and as you seek to honor God in all you do. Know today you are loved. You're-